to Life in the Land of the Ice and Snow. My name is Heather, and I'm here today with my co-host, Shana. Hello. And our guest today is Lee from Scotland. That's right. It is true. I cannot deny that accusation. Where in Scotland are you from? Originally, I'm from, well, Glasgow, so like the, the west coast of Scotland, kind of, but it's the largest city anyway, the most popular populated city in Scotland. So Glasgow, I've never been to Scotland. I've always wanted to go. I was trying to think earlier today, what do I know about Scotland? And all I could think is Sean Connery, obviously Loch Ness. You've seen Outlander. <laughs> no, I was, was going to say, I'm, I'm probably the worst person. Outlander is, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Shana, should we knock through the, uh, the typical, the stereotypical um, Scottish questions? Oh, what I've stereotypical Scottish question. Yeah, do you own a kilt? Do you wear a kilt? Oh. Yes, uh, occasionally, only at special occasions, not for a long time. Okay, next what question. colours are in your kilt? <laughs> you know what? I can't what? even remember. <laughs> that's that's how long it's been. <laughs> Isn't it based uh, on, like, family or, or something? Sure. I mean, like, yeah, in theory, but, like, the thing is, so there, there were a few clans, if you want to say that, that had their own tartan, but then, like, over the years, they've invented new ones. But my my family name, or at least, um, yeah, both my family names are not originally Scottish, so we don't have one. Someone, I'm sure, has, like, invented one at some point, but, yeah, most people, unless you're really, like, hardcore and that kind of stuff, they don't really care. They just pick the one that they think looks nicest, to be honest. <laughs> I think we should invent like a Swedish version of the Scottish kilt. I'm pretty sure that exists already because there's a like Scottish shop in on Kungsholmen in Stockholm. I don't know if it's still there. And the guy there is like a crazy sort of all things Scottish fetishist slash enthusiast. And I think they have their own tartan. I'm not entirely sure, but I think someone can check. I've seen that store. It is still there mm. unless it's closed in just the past few months. But uh, if you go to Freedom's Plan, then go up the street. Oh, I forgot which street. But uh, I used to pass it all the time. And I, I was like, yeah. what the heck is this? <laughs> towards, the, towards the hospital. So like away from Freedom's Plan. Right. Sort of towards, well, I guess I would almost be towards Solna, but not quite that way. I was too intimidated to go inside. It's nice, to be honest, that like uh, the, the guy, or at least the person that was working there when I was there, was very friendly and very enthusiastic. Before we got off on the case, there's a lot of, like, especially in Gothenburg, a lot of people who have Scottish origins there because in the Industrial Revolution, a lot of Scottish people came over there and brought with them, like, you know, machinery and knowledge and that kind of thing. So, yeah, there's a whole, huh. whole bunch of descendants there. But getting back onto Outlander, I mean, if you watch Outlander and you think about it, and also the Vikings, like the two timelines are happening simultaneously. Yeah, Outlander is not a documentary. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, but also, I mean, obviously, there's like a huge, there's a huge Nordic, or there was a huge Nordic influence in Scotland. Maybe it's overplayed now, but I mean, a lot of, even our words in like the Scots language come from Nordic. So like we call our churches like the Kirk, you know this, right? And she right. and Swedish, right. obviously. So there's a bunch of stuff like that. Because yeah, I mean, it doesn't take that long. You jump on a boat from Norway or Denmark. I mean, what are you gonna hit first? It's like the coast of the UK and Scotland, I guess, is apparently one of the places that they used to raid. So yeah. Well, you said that there are many uh Scottish descendants in Gothenburg. But where are you located? Yeah, I'm in Stockholm, not in Gothenburg. I love Gothenburg, though, but the only thing that puts me off is the weather is incredibly similar to Glasgow. It rains all the time. So <laughs> Maybe, to visit. Isn't that odd how immigrants seem to settle 
in places, at least, you know, in the old times that are just like where they came from. It always gets me that the Swedes <laughs> went to Minnesota. It's like, right. don't you want to go to Florida? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Let's go and suffer in a cold place. Well, how long have you been in Sweden? So originally moved here in 2014, but the first few years I was away a lot working. Um, mm-hmm. And then I also lived away in Barcelona permanently for a year. Oh, but I mean, wow. de- depending on how you add up, I guess, like uh, eight years or so. Okay. Well, why did you move to Sweden? My partner, was, who's half Swedish, well, we lived in London at the time. And to be honest, we got to a point we'd had like good jobs or decent jobs, but it kind of reached a like, level where we were like, ugh, I don't know how much further I can go with this whilst sharing with like 20 people in a cockroach-infested apartment in London. <laughs> and I wanted to, confusingly enough, I wanted to go freelance and start working more in Spain. My partner at the time, she was offered a full-time job where she comes from in Stockholm, and I kind of convinced her that would be a good base for us because it was easy enough for me to travel back and forth as well. Uh, and we moved over, and then in the end, I got a lot more work here than I'd expected to and ended up staying. Well, what were your impressions when you first moved over? I mean, what, what did you expect before, or had you been to Sweden before? I'd been quite a lot before visiting and for mm-hmm. sort of prolonged periods. And to be honest, like I think I still think now, in a lot of ways, it's really not that hard a leap to go from Scotland to living here. I mean, I think like a lot of the, a lot of the things that really get people, like the whole seasonal thing and the, the climate and the lack of light. I mean, that's something I've lived, <laughs> lived with my entire life. So that wasn't like a huge thing. The one thing I think like that I, I maybe wasn't prepared for, and I think this is something I'm sure you've heard this from a lot of people, and you don't necessarily notice it the first few years, but really like the, the sort of social side of things in Stockholm in particular was way different. Like that was that was something that after a while, initially it wasn't really a big, because like you move, you're excited, probably you're reconnecting with a lot of people in circles that are like close to the person you moved with or whatever, and it's, there's a lot happening. But then after like two, two years or so, I was like, holy crap, like <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> like, you know, Monday to Friday is like off limits. Everyone just wants to stay at home. And for me, like in, in Glasgow and London in particular, like it was normal for me or in Spain as well. Like you finish work, maybe you go grab a coffee, you go grab a beer, you don't have to plan it like 10 years in advance. But you, you'll live and learn. And then also it's not like any stereotype is not universally true either. But I think that was the thing that I sort of had the biggest hurdle with. So when you moved, did you bring certain items with you? To be honest, though, like I think hopefully my mom parents never hear this because I think they've been pestering me for like 10 years to go and remove all the boxes that I... When we left London, we dumped a bunch of stuff in my, my mom and dad's house. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were like, oh, well, we don't know how big the apartment we're going to get is, so we'll come back for that later. And I'm like, never did. I think I brought some... <laughs> I brought my guitar. I brought some records, maybe some books, my Sopranos box set. And that's probably <laughs> about it, really. And it served me well. So <laughs> <laughs> I think we all go through the uh, thing of leaving a lot of stuff at our parents and, yeah. and then we're like, yeah, we'll we'll ship that later. We'll we'll grab that <laughs> the next time we come. I mean, we're not talking about essentials here either. Like, I mean, my box of like Star Wars figurines from when I was a kid. Oh, I refused yeah. to get rid of <laughs> things like that, you know, they're just <laughs> taking space. Understand. You know. Yeah. The bonus of that is, though, you probably have this time capsule that one day when you go back, they're going to be worth, like, you know, billions. Yeah, honestly, that's that's my pension. I'm <laughs> not going to get it any other way, so mm-hmm. <laughs> might as well keep it. 
Well, on the topic of bringing things, uh, we usually do a segment called Swedish Problems. And I was going to bring up a Swedish problem for this time of year, which is related to this, is that in my opinion, you can't get decent medicine and cough medicine at the pharmacy <laughs> here. You have to have a prescription. So how do you feel about that? And do you import medicine? Because I do. <laughs> this sounds like a sting. Are you guys with the police or something? <laughs> Do you import medicine? <laughs> Can like, you tell me the source? Over-the-counter <laughs> medicine, because I swear the cough syrup well, that they I mean, sell again, at the pharmacy, it's sugar water. Uh, again, Canada, the US, depends what you mean by over-the-counter medicine. But uh, no, uh, luckily, like I don't really tend to get sick very often. Famous last words. So the last the last time I got sick and I knew it was unusual was March 2020, and I was one of the pioneers of getting COVID, so oh, <laughs> it's been a while. Oh, no. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, to be honest, though, I mean, not really. I mean, the only thing is, like, the one thing that you probably hear from a lot of Brits, if I put it that way, is Lemsip. It's like dissolvable kind of thing that you put in hot water that, for whatever reason, seems to work incredible magic when you've got a cold. Oh. So for a while, I used to buy that and bring it over. But it's been so long since, well, A, it's been, until very recently, it'd been quite a long time since I had been back home because of the situation. Right. And B, it'd been so long since I'd been sick that I kind of forgot about it. But that's the one thing, yeah. So it's like a powdery thing that you put yeah. in, warm it up and drink. Exactly. I think some kind of equivalent might exist here now, actually. Someone mentioned to me. But it's like, it's horrible tasting, but for some reason it really works. It's, I think it's paracetamol. I think there's some caffeine in it, maybe. Hmm. And probably some sugar and a few other things that for whatever reason just kind of give your system the jolt that it needs to like get through a couple of hours of a horrible yeah. cold. Well, is there anything else, okay, aside from medicines, is there anything else that you miss that you try to bring back when you do visit or have people send you? It's usually food, but... Yeah, yeah. No, 100%. There's a lot of stuff I miss. To be honest, a lot of it doesn't travel very well, though. Like haggis? So, yeah, I love... I mean, vegetarian haggis is like... Even when I mm. ate meat when I was like a kid, and a lot of people say this, veggie haggis is better, I think. What's in veg um, veggie haggis? It's like, it's basically just spices, oats, like a bunch of stuff like that. And then you roast it in the oven. It tastes good. Um, and it's not so heavy on the stomach either, unlike the other one. Um, so that's one, but you can, I mean, I'm pretty sure there's like one place you can get that here maybe, but to be honest, I'm not motivated enough to seek it out. And then there's like, so strange things like potato scones, I guess we call them tatty scones, but oh. which is like uh, kind of like Irish soda bread, which Shana will know what that is. Um, it's like a flat kind of bread with, made with like potato flour that you grill or you can fry it mm -hmm. um, and it's really good for making like yeah cooked breakfast and stuff that I miss um, you could get it frozen here but I never thought it was so good and then also like a really really niche thing um, and I'm not even sure like you don't get this in England and I'm not even sure you get it in other parts of Scotland other than like the west of Scotland where I'm from is we get these kind of bread rolls in the morning delivered to like every store like uh -huh. bar none that are just like super super hard on top and like really like i don't know like really really hard surface and really soft inside and they're like the best thing <laughs> and those i miss because there's like no way i mean you couldn't you couldn't they wouldn't travel they but don't keep what is it they, what is hey, it what are they exactly? called to be honest i think i'm not even sure they're vegetarian i think the reason that they're they taste the way they do is that they've got like suet in them maybe but I, I guess like maybe if you were to google it it would be called like scotch rolls or something like that 
Um, you have to Google it. I never, I never had one of those. Yeah, apparently. There you go. BBC Good Food. Hey, this is how magic happens live, right? <laughs> Someone's got a recipe for it, but I don't know. I never tried to make them. I'm not sure it would turn out. I, I, don't, I don't want to disappoint that memory, you know? Plus, the ingredients don't always match up, you know? It's... Uh... <sighs> little different on flour and and different things like that <laughs> i mean i don't understand why in sweden you can't buy a big ass thing of baking soda like oh, yeah. the arm and hammer baking soda the one that you would put mm. in your fridge yeah when you bring it up it is kind of a small canister that you can buy here and and it, you don't really have the option but on the other hand when i go to the u.s it drives me crazy when you go to stores and all you can buy are these gigantic <laughs> shampoos and everything's huge and it's like well i can't bring this back it's too big not everybody needs a giant family size this and that <laughs> the reversal of that is that i find it really frustrating here that you can't buy what i would call crisps or you would call potato chips chips and just like small individual bags it's very hard to find good ones that's like you get a few there's a few exceptions but for the most part it's these like huge things i'm like guys i want to feel guilty but like not that guilty because you know what happens with the rest of the bag you know yeah it's dangerous to have it around i think the only ones i've seen in the snack size are like just the estrella and olw but not anything else can can we talk about the name estrella by the way because that really does my head yeah so it's obviously unless i'm mistaken it's obvious and the logo is like a star right? right so the spanish for star is estrella as i guess some of you probably know uh-huh. um mm-hmm. and so <laughs> i'm caught in this catch 22 where i want to I, I refuse to say estrella because it's not how you would say it <laughs> but at the same time for a swede they'll think i'm an idiot because i'm not saying it the way that it's said here so can someone someone give me a right on the back of a postcard and tell me what the solution to this is apart from just being less uptight in my life which is so wait, so say, say it as you would so estrella yeah estrella exactly it's like how the the swedes sometimes instead of tortilla they say tortilla since i know that you're quite resourceful what has been your sort of like i've unlocked sweden moment I don't know if I have unlocked Sweden, have I? I mean, I remember, for example, simple things like when I when I first moved here and I was going to open my company here. And like, I think I'd literally been in Stockholm for like two weeks, maybe. And uh, we went to Skatevarkaton. I guess it was Rieri's Garten at the time. And I went with all my papers and I was so sure that I brought everything that I needed to like just open this like sole trader chef or whatever. And the woman was just like, it was, it was a typical, like, sort of, I have to tick this box bureaucracy that you will find often. Uh, she turned me away, of course, for, like, some reason. I absolutely have no idea why. And then I went out, and I was like, ah, maybe I'll try again. I just went back and asked her again and, like, explained it differently. And she just did it, I guess, because I was, like, polite and smiled and stuff. And I was like, hey, there's a lesson, guys. Like, you know, wow. you can always, like, try and try and just, like, be human and, like, reach people. And it might just work because you could argue that uh, the default <laughs> setting here is the opposite. So, you know, sometimes it goes a long way. <laughs> so yeah. I remember that thought at the time being like, yeah, they're all just people in the end. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny. So my bike was stolen in uh, September of 2021 and it was found by the police mm-hmm. to the point that they actually contacted us to say, your bike has been found because my husband had put in like a police claim and it was involved in a crime. So they couldn't release it until they'd like done their full investigation. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the point of the story is, yeah, there, there's actually no point to the story. I'm realizing now when I'm talking about it, but the point is my bike was found and I got it back and it's in okay you, condition. You, you persevered then you, you like I persevered. lateral thinking and you got the problem. So I well, can, I ask, yeah. can I ask you a question and mess up your continuity? Yeah. Like I said, it was, yes, 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 um, yes. 
which crime did you commit? Where did you dump the bike? And has the period of prosecution expired so that you're okay now? <laughs> you know what? The bike was locked up. Like it was locked up to my husband's really expensive bike, and they stole my little shitty blue cow bike <laughs> and left his really expensive one. And I just don't uh. get it. But yeah, it showed up in a completely different suburb. And I mean, the fact that it was found and the fact that the police like made the effort, like the amount of man hours that went into getting that bike back to us. Yeah. And, and even the insurance company, like we, like we filed an insurance claim, we got the insurance money. And then when we called them, they're like, just keep the money. It's not worth us. You giving it back. (laughs) So I actually made money on a lost bike. Yeah. I think we do want to know what kind of crime it was used in though. Did they tell you? Yeah, no. Uh, well, not a murder. A bicycle. I mean, oh. you can't, it's not that quick. Plus, okay, I guess it was September, so it wasn't winter. But I find but it I amazing do. that the uh, the police are, are so good that they actually follow up on this. It was the same. We had a moped that got stolen. And a week later, the police were like, we found your moped. And they, they bring it back. And I think they were oh, yeah. insulted because we were surprised. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, but like, don't you yeah, guys they, they don't have anything else job. to do yeah yeah <laughs> yeah they have nothing else to do right they're so they're so like meaningful <laughs> um, okay so i do have a really good unlock sweden story mm-hmm. and lee i believe you can agree with me on this when you get a dog people talk to you that yeah. is true yes they do the amount of people that have stopped and said like and started having conversations with me meanwhile i can't respond to half the things they're saying but <laughs> like they stop well, that's both a positive and a negative, though, because I've found that not always a certain kind of person talks to you, at least a certain kind of dog person that talks to you, a certain kind of dog person that wants to give you a lot of advice about your dog will talk to you <laughs> and okay. ask you an interrogation-like list of questions about what you're doing with your dog and if it okay. fulfills the I haven't had that. First Maybe it problem. depends on what kind of dog you have, too, right? Yeah, yeah yes. I guess. Exactly. So I have a, a important question. Did either of you see the Northern Lights last weekend? Oh. Did we all miss out on it then? Well, my answer to this is really bad. So first of all, like my, my family in Scotland saw them recently, oh. for whatever reason. Like they live up in Aberdeen and you can kind of see it there. There's even a song huh. about it. Um, but uh, <laughs> to be honest, this is so terrible. I saw that it was happening on Reddit. And um, I was I was playing Halo on my Xbox, <laughs> and I was, I was like, I'm really enjoying this game. <laughs> I don't know if I can be asked to go and look. So I oh, didn't. that is sad. Miracle <laughs> of nature, but man, I don't want to pause this game. I uh, know, but I was like, also, it feels like I'm cheating a little bit seeing it in Stockholm. Like I have to spend stupid money to go up to Norland, wait for like five days, be disappointed, and come home to see them. That's you know? the thing. It's so rare that we get to see it in Stockholm. So it's yeah. it's such a treat when that actually happens. And I missed too. In fact, the next day, my husband came in and he said, I have some really bad news. And I was thinking, oh God, what happened? And then he's like, apparently everyone in Stockholm saw the Northern Lights except us. <laughs> You're not alone, Heather. Don't worry. We didn't okay. see it either. However, I do have a tip for you both and for mm-hmm. the audience. Have you heard of the app called Aurora? Nope. So there's an app you can download. It'll tell you when there's Northern Lights happening in your area. It'll send you like notifications oh. and also like what intensity they're at. I'm like 50% sure that you're not actually Shana and you're just an app-based AI. Yeah. That suggests apps according to the subject <laughs> of conversation that we're having at that moment in time. Oh my God. Maybe that's my new business idea. 
We only have five minutes left, so we should start wrapping up. Is there anything else that you wanted to say about Sweden or a like embarrassing situation with just the culture or the language or just something you find just completely weird? I mean, like embarrassing situations with the culture or the language, I don't know that I've had so much. I put myself in embarrassing situations irrespective of the culture and language in which I'm interacting. <laughs> so it's kind of difficult to, to separate them. But I think the, the one thing I've learned, and I have to tell myself this all the time, is that every year without fail, it gets to about this point, mm-hmm. kind of the middle of January, like close to February, where I think it's because like, so it's the festive season's gone and there's pretty much nothing else to look forward to. <laughs> yep. And I always feel like crap. And it turns out a lot of people also always feel like crap at this time of the year. That's right. So I think it's good to just like remind ourselves that it will be over soon. I promise. It's getting lighter every day. <laughs> and Thanks. soon enough, you will come home from work and there'll still be a clear sky and it'll still be light. It is a good piece of advice. And we should all remember that it's not just because we weren't born here. Even the Swedes, it's the exact same. All of us are in the same boat. I, I was just saying the other day that I usually make it to February before mm-hmm. I break down, but I've broken down much earlier this year. But yeah, it's everyone has a problem when it's after Christmas. I think the lights and things to do kind of helps with the darkness, but then January, February, yeah. even kind of March. I mean, there's there's nothing. <laughs> I don't think it's a coincidence that a lot of people go on vacation in like February time or around about there, you know. Because it's a really, really good time if you can go and find some light. I guess right now is not exactly the optimal circumstance for planning things, but but it (laughs) makes sense. but normally that's my Unlock Sweden to go after Christmas anywhere that has actual sunshine. Just to refresh, get some vitamin D, see the sun and remember that it exists. And it helps a little bit with getting through the winter. Yeah, go to the west coast of Scotland. That's my recommendation. (laughs) <laughs> zero daylight <laughs> and it'll make you feel better about Sweden and then you'll come back feeling recharged I, I'm not sure if I'm going to take that advice <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much Lee for um, being our guest today I wish you the best of luck in being happier this winter <laughs> making it, was, it to the uh, spring it was my pleasure I also want to say and don't let her edit this out that Shana's like the best person I ever met so Aww. it was Absolutely, my pleasure to do it. She's the nicest person. Oh, really, genuinely, I mean that. So I'm super thrilled to to talk to you guys. You're making me blush. Like, stop it. (laughs) 